Welcome back to the My Story in 30 podcast. My name is Paige Fong. I'm the Fit for Business lead here. Today we have Safe, who's going to be chatting about how to manage your passions while also pursuing your career and balancing everything. Safe, do you want to introduce yourself? Yeah, thank you so much for having me. Uh, it's a pleasure to be here. My name is Safe, which is actually my last name. Um, pretty funny story about how that came to be. Um, but I'm a third year BTM student. Um, and I have just wrapped up my internship term with Microsoft. Um, and I'm currently working at Sectra Medical, which is an enterprise imaging medical technology company that is like the first to do it on the cloud. So these are very interesting experiences and they're both in the field of tech, marketing, um, and touching back on that first point, I'm also an artist. So I feel like that really gives me a well-rounded experience and allows me to you know, integrate my passions into my work and, and pursue both of them independently as well. Yeah, absolutely. It sounds like your experience is really combining your passions and education all into um, your work experiences, which are great. Um, so to start us off, can you share a little bit about your journey here so far at TRSM? So why did you pick TRSM? What drew you to be in BTM program? Yeah, um, it's actually really funny. So in high school, everyone has like a fond memory of at least the students, or maybe they were that student that would apply to like 13, 14 universities and like do as much as they could. I was very dead set on going to TMU. Um, one, because I don't know, I just wanted to be downtown. I wanted to, you know, have that community to explore all my passions. Um, I also loved taking the GO train, which is a very weird thing to do, but that was partially influencing the decision. Um, so I'd applied to only two programs. I let that third one just go. I did not really care for that. Um, so it was BM and BTM. Um, and I found out about BTM and I saw the T in the middle, I'm like tech. So I'm like, oh, this is robotics. This is like, uh, it wasn't that. It was management information systems. But uh, through my work terms and through my experience here and, and profs and lessons I've learned, I've luckily happened to, to enjoy it and really love it. So yeah, that's been a little bit about my path to here. Awesome. Thank you for sharing. Um, so now you're in your third year. I know that you're also pretty involved in the TRSM community. So what got you started being so involved? Or maybe how did you start mm -hmm. your involvement? Cool. Um, I think this actually came out of a place of deprivation because I started in COVID. Um, so there weren't that many opportunities to get involved. So naturally, whatever ones would pop up, I would try to capitalize on them, try to be there. And also just missing out on grade 12, missing out on grade 11 and being a very social person in high school. I'm like, university is the time for me to, you know, really just continue on that path. Um, so I think really just finding any opportunity that, that sparked my interest and, uh, you know, jumping on it. Uh, a huge one for me was TEDx, partially because I loved watching TED Talks growing up. And two, because just the community and the friends that I've met through that student group really helped me, you know, find a sense of belonging. And instead of going into school and seeing, feeling invisible with 3,000 other kids around you, you're only surrounded with about like 20 like-minded people. So I think taking that approach into different, uh, like different groups where it was very effective for me. Yeah, absolutely. Um, that's a great approach as well, too. Thinking about something that you really enjoy on your own time and then mm -hmm. integrating that into your experiences. Um, are you still with TEDx now? I'm not. No. You're not anymore. What um, extracurriculars are you involved with now? So I am 
I'm still kind of involved with TEDx. I, I still help out with their like their TikToks and um, just like a little bit of their events, just because I still know everyone on the team and I've preferred a lot of people to apply. Um, and then TED also works a lot with Toastmasters. So again, I feel like I just know that network there. I've judged some of the, the speech competitions at Toastmasters. Um, so I think partially my involvement as I became you know, more immersed into, into my co-op, my work experience, more immersed into my coursework, I noticed a little bit less time for actually, you know, com contributing to student groups in the way that I would like to, but still taking advantage of the network that I found there. So yeah, partially involved in a lot of things. Yeah, no, that's, that's fair enough. So you've already mm -hmm. built your network and then they mm -hmm. can come to you if they're looking for additional support with anything. Yeah. Um, so like you said, TikTok, so that's your creative outlet. Yeah. Um, a I also, <laughs> a little, just a little bit. Uh -huh. um, I also know that you're also um, a winner of um, quite a few awards and scholarships as well too. So that kind of became, began at your first year. Yeah. Um, can you share a little bit about the awards um, mm -hmm. that you've received so far? Yeah. And how you, I guess also how you also found out about them as well, because mm -hmm. I don't think too many students sometimes know where to look for the awards and scholarships. Of course. And I think um, I don't feel like I, I did anything insanely special to get these awards. I just feel like I had the right opportunities. Um, so it's actually I have a brother who's 10 years older than me and he went to McMaster and he was just telling me, like, take advantage of these scholarships. Nobody takes them. They go unclaimed you have like a pretty good shot at even like the grand ones. Um, so that's exactly what I did. I looked at what resources were available. I think that's a topic that keeps popping up. Um, and I searched, I'm like, which ones am I eligible for? So I filled in the eligibility criteria. And then in my first year, it was the entrance scholarship, which was 10K, um, which actually funded my entire first year. And I put part of that to music and kind of advancing a little bit of my passions just to kind of integrate that. Um, and again, it was just an essay about my leadership experience in high school and why I want the award or what I plan to do with the funds. Um, and going into my second year, it's a little bit less options, um, but the options are more tailored to my experience and I guess my legibility criteria. So there was one for residents of Brampton um, for demonstrating an innovative vision for the city. Uh, so I kind of integrated a lot of my passion for hip hop to, to write out that piece. I think it was like 200 words long. Um, so I talked about how I co-lead a lot of hip hop education initiatives at UFT and bring that back to the city, invite a lot of people from the city to do that. And that was a 3K scholarship, which was in my second year. And I'm only planning to apply for more because they go unclaimed. So that's a huge tip for a lot yeah. of students. Yeah, no, that's really great. So even just so far in your academic journey, um, you've already received quite a, a good amount um, yeah. of awards uh, and scholarships and monetary value. Um, you obviously mentioned that you're putting that towards your passions and also your academics. Yeah. Um, so that's a huge financial support, obviously, there too. Um, would you recommend students apply for awards and scholarships? Because I know also, like you had mentioned, like um, one was specific for uh, residents of Brampton. Mm -hmm. um, how did you find that on award spring? Um, so some are this, very niche. <laughs> yeah, this is actually a, a super huge key. Um, it's to, because a lot of the awards follow the name of the donor. So this was called the Myrtle and Bruce. I apologize for, for butchering the name. I, I do want to respect it. Um, but it, it did not say Brandon in the name. Um, and it was only through clicking on it, reading through it, all the fine details, and then the eligibility criteria. And then like somewhere at the bottom of the paragraph, it's like only legible for residents of Brampton. So I'm like, one, I'm a resident of Branson. Two, the scope of this is so much smaller, so it increases my chances. Um, so definitely reading through it. And I think the extra 10 minutes you take to read through the list 
for an extra $3,000 in my case was completely worth it. I would do that again. Yeah, absolutely. So even though you're filling out your eligibility criteria, Mm -hmm. it's always worth going through them and just doing a second read just in case there's anything that pops up. Mm -hmm. Awesome. Um, So you obviously took advantage of the awards and scholarships that we have here. What other supports and resources have you taken advantage of? So it might be within TRSM or TMU. Mm -hmm. Cool. Um, So one of the huge ones was um, I was accepted into the co-op program. And I think just the open availability with a lot of our counselors was Raymond at the time for me. Um, I think we had maybe two or three calls all lasting like an hour and we were just talking about my career journey. And a lot of this was, uh, what's the word people like trauma dumping. I don't, I don't like that word, but it was a lot of that because we were just going back and forth, not very productive calls, but what helped was that he was there for me and, and to guide me um, every step of the way. And I think that's partially the opportunity that, that, landed me greater opportunities going forward. So I think the open availability, the, the the ability to book sessions with people who have a lot of experience in the industry. And then of course, student groups, finding like your like-minded uh, peers is, is super helpful as well. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so I know that obviously, like you had mentioned at the beginning of the podcast, you've done your eight month co-op with Microsoft. Mm-hmm. Um, though you're not in the pro in the co-op program now, how did you go about finding that co-op opportunity? So when I was in the co-op program, um, it was very common, like a lot of, uh, they threw around this term that you have to be applying for an insane number of co-ops to land one, especially in your first, second year when you don't have that much experience under your belt or that much of a network. So I had used that approach um, along with that guidance to to really recognize what can I provide to a lot of these companies and where am I coming from? So having no experience, no network, but having a passion for music, right? Ha- having that set me apart, having my volunteer initiatives. I work with a nonprofit called Stay Woke, where we do like creativity and social change. We kind of intersect that. So talking about that, things that people kind of, things that slowly begin to be shelved as you get further and further into your career journey, leveraging that, building out my resume with like a little QR code on it that took people to that website and to my Google reviews from when I was selling phones at Teles to, um, you know, my music initiatives, short films that I've acted in, all these little creative projects that I probably got made fun of for in high school. Um, you know, companies begin to recognize that. So I think, but the huge prerequisite for all that was applying to like 10 a day. So I literally sat there and I took my same resume and applied to 10 different listings every single day for an entire month, which amounts to like 300. And over time I had, you know, 10 listings took 10 minutes to do um, on the first day. And then the second day, it took 12 minutes because I was reading it a little bit more deeper, tailoring my resume. Um, only two companies ended up getting back to me. Wow. One of them, <laughs> yeah, one of them was Microsoft and one of them was this, probably a scam. Uh, I don't even remember what it was called, but they were asking for money. Um, so Microsoft got back to me. And again, I did the same thing in the interview because I was like, as a first year student, I can't sit here and tell you that I'm a professional at Python. I know all the data infrastructure because I don't, right? And I know that people who are recruiting with 30, 40 years of experience sometimes, they're going to see right through that. So I just kind of phrase it in what I could provide to the table, what unique perspective I did have, what, I guess, insights as a student, as someone who's currently going through the system that people who are you know further into the industry may not have, leveraging that um, and kind of finding my place. So I, eventually, I did get the offer. This was an Explore internship dedicated for first and year students, first and second year students. So again, this is another opportunity to look out for. Um, and then kind of leveraging my network to, to come back to the company in my second year, second semester, 
started an eight month co-op and then I finished it the second year of summer. Wow. Yeah. So it really, that took you on a whole journey. Yeah, no doubt. <laughs> a whole journey. That's so a lot. Yeah. Um, you had obviously started the co-op program. Your mm-hmm. path just ended up bringing you a different way, Yeah. but you were able to really, um, you were able to really utilize your own skills, your own experience, mm-hmm. unfiltered experience 100%. and share that with yeah. employers. And like, that's really what really um, pulled you in mm-hmm. and made you stand out from the other candidates. So for sure. going back to, would you submit your basic resume a hundred times to a tailored um, one that has all your passions, all your small projects mm-hmm. on there, um, maybe just a handful of times to a handful of employers, what would you recommend for students? Hmm. It's not the answer people want to hear, but I think if, if you're listening to this podcast right now, their chances are you're ambitious. So you have that. Um, so you probably already applied to a few places. I think once you realize what industry you want to go into, um, let's say, for example, it's marketing, they do look for a little bit more of a creative resume, right? And you do find out a little bit more about resume screening processes, a little bit more about networking and referrals and how much weight a referral carries in a certain company. Um, and from there, you can kind of tailor your resume to have columns and QR codes to being just that one inch margin line by line so it can be scanned by AI. So I think as you get deeper into the process with enough ambition and enough grit, I think you'll begin to recognize what certain companies are looking for and what resume to use. And you'll become a pro at it. Like you'll read the job description and you'll know the best way to approach it. And I think that comes with time. And I think for first year students that comes with applying to 10 a day and seeing nothing and applying to 10, continue to do that and then see one or two. Yeah, absolutely. You learn as you go through the process. Yeah, definitely. Develop your own style of doing things. Yeah, exactly. And it takes, everyone else has a different style too. And I think it just, you have to find what works best for you. Um, So that obviously led you to a great opportunity working with Microsoft. Um, But I do want to dive into how you were able to manage um, your time with the co-op opportunities, also doing academics and then keeping up with your passions Mm -hmm. um, as well. So how did you go about that? Uh How did you make it work? Yeah, I... LeBron James uses this word um, and he uses it very incorrectly, which is very funny. Some people know what I'm talking about, but people love to compartmentalize. Um, so they like to, to kind of separate their professional selves and their, their personal selves and their talents. Um, I say people are very sparing. I mean, the general trend points to that. Um, and I think for me, the biggest thing was integrating all of it, right? I feel like Without music, without what got me into, without my unique characteristics that got me into my opportunity, that opportunity wouldn't have happened. But without me learning how to work within certain confines and how to tailor my message to a specific audience, my music wouldn't have improved. So I think it was a matter of having them both feed off of each other um, and being unapologetically myself in the right places in the right times. For example, I think uh, Microsoft uploaded an article Um, It's a public-facing, customer-facing article about me integrating my passions into work. Um, And that was huge because that's on their customer-facing site and they've only uploaded like six a year. So I think that just goes to show um, what my grind was really for, right? So I think it's just being confident in what you bring to the table um, and realizing that that sets you apart, right? And not just, I guess, putting on a, 
a corporate persona, which a lot of other people are doing who are competing for the same places. Yeah, absolutely. Congratulations on the article as well, too. That's really cool to hear because um, that obviously means like you're bringing your authentic self to yeah. work every single day. And like that clearly made a difference in your performance and then your network and then how you stood out yeah. um, as well. So that's really, really cool to hear. Appreciate it. Um, I want to go back to also like how you found your passion, because oh, yeah. I think that's mm-hmm. something that's that's so big for, for students right now. Some people think they might be passionate about cooking. How do you integrate that? But maybe that's not your passion, uh-huh. right? Like maybe that's just a hobby. Mm-hmm. So how do you go about finding a passion? I think for me, um, I, again, I feel like it's a product of identifying what opportunities you have around you. So I knew that you know, being a second generation immigrant, or I, forget, I get the terms mixed up, but my parents moved here um, and I was born here. I think I recognized the privilege that I had in being able to pursue as many things as I wanted to, dance, music, drawing, things that my parents didn't necessarily have that opportunity to do. So I think that was a privilege. And then also with the privilege of pr- pursuing post-secondary and recognizing all that, it was trying a bunch of things out. Um, so it was trying drawing, realizing that I'm trash at drawing trying dancing, realizing that I was really bad, um, trying music. And here's the kicker. I was actually really bad, but I enjoyed it enough that I did it for six years without seeing a single penny, not more than a hundred streams on every song. And I could do that for another six years because I genuinely enjoy it. I think that's what separates a passion from a hobby. I think it's truly what gives me a drive to, you know, wake up and, and just like get on with my day. It's, the fact that I can write about it and express myself through music. And after those six years, I've actually gotten 80,000 streams on my album. I've gotten recognition for the music. And I think that was just, a, again, to go to show what finding my passion and, and not being scared of putting myself out there led to. Um, there was a lot of times I got made fun of in grade 9, 10, 11 for making music, but it's just I just kept at it. And I think that solidified my circle and my actual understanding of what I enjoy. Yeah. Wow. Going from barely any streams yeah. to 80,000. Mm-hmm. Do you want to drop the album? What's that? Oh, yeah. Do you yeah. want to plug your plug album? It? Yeah. Um, yeah, cool. So it's Far From Full uh, by M Safe. Safe is S-A-I-F uh, on all streaming platforms. Awesome. That's super cool to hear, though, that you're able to balance that, but also grow your audience along the way as well, too. Um, I think my question for you is, like, how do you keep the fire going? as well because i know it seems like you're ambitious yeah um it's already started like that but what keeps you going what keeps you motivated to do the next thing think 10 steps ahead yeah i think what keeps me going is the progress and the growth that i'm i'm the progress and the growth that's happening um and sometimes it's not direct sometimes you won't be able to see it right like for example i did not see it in those six years in my streams but that doesn't mean that I haven't gotten better as an artist and, you know, had that experience spill over into my confidence when I'm in a job interview, right? I think it's, that's the progress that I see and identifying where you can see that progress and realizing that it's not always quantifiable. Um, I think you mentioned one point like cooking. I don't know how that would translate into. I think it, there's, there's a lot of ways that it possibly could, um, whether it's writing recipes or just you know, expressing yourself through the dishes you make that allow you to be more authentic in your day-to-day life. Like it's just a lot of indirect passageways to doing this um, that I think anyone can benefit from by just looking around, identifying what they like, what they enjoy, um, and and in which ways they are growing that aren't necessarily tangible. 
Yeah, no, I think that's a great takeaway from that. Like, even if it's not uh, quantifiable, if it's not tangible, you're still growing to some extent, right? So every challenge along the way leads you to something better. Mm -hmm. So it's just really about being introspective and recognizing that too. Mm -hmm. I think uh, this is a really cool quote that I don't know who said, so I'm gonna say I say it, I said it. Um, It's everything is not for nothing, right? So it's Whatever you're doing, even if you feel like it's for nothing, there's a certain time that passed or certain growth that, that you've incurred. I think it's not for nothing. Right? Yeah, absolutely. Things happen for a reason. Mm-hmm. Your path brings you different ways all the time. Um, whether you think you're on the right track that you're supposed to be or maybe life's bringing you a totally different way, but it's meant to go that way, right? So mm-hmm. just taking advantage of everything, like you said, around you, recognizing what you like, what you don't like um, as well, I think is really important. I think that's something that's sometimes missed. Mm-hmm. Um, is recognizing what you don't like because yeah. that only solidifies um, to try something different, right? Mm-hmm. Awesome. So I do want to kind of wrap up with you and yeah. just ask you if you were to go back to your first year self, mm-hmm. what advice would you give yourself? Cool. I feel like you did set that up very nicely because it would be to recognize what I don't like. I feel like I've always been the kind of person that was outgoing in high school and you know signed up for every opportunity and then your bandwidth begins to not increase. Um, so identifying what I didn't like, what opportunities weren't for me um, in my first year, rather than you know jumping at everything and then pulling the trigger or specializing on a few things that I really care about would have gotten me a lot farther. Yeah, absolutely. So you're also saying like, just in that, just mm-hmm. to dissect that a little bit more, but you're yeah. saying like really direct your energy yeah. as well too. Is For that sure. something that maybe in your first year, like were you saying yes to everything? 100%. Yeah, all the time. Um, and especially being in COVID, you're just like, I don't know when I'm going to get this opportunity again, but opportunity will probably come again. Yeah. Um, so I think it's just really identifying. And, and when I, people say that I'm doing a lot with music and with school, but I think these things all directly feed into each other in such a synchronous way that you can't you'll lose balance if you take one out right so i think just achieving that state or at least if you think you've achieved that state and you're finding fulfillment in your day-to-day i think that's what matters yeah absolutely i love what you had just said and if it's not now when is it yeah right so thank you so so much for joining us safe it was great to hear about um your experiences but also hear how passionate you are obviously about music. It's also really great to see that you've been able to find such a balance in your education and passions. Um, sometimes I say it's rare to find that, right? But you've really done such a good job kind of making sure that you're putting your energy into the right places to find that balance. So thank you so much for sharing your story with us. Thank you so much for having me.